Hey moms, welcome to the Gather Moms podcast. My name is Kate. And I'm Rebecca. We've created this space just for you because we're both moms and we get you. Yes, we believe there truly ain't no hood like the motherhood and we need to be in this together. We also believe we can't mom well without Jesus. So you're going to hear us talk about him too. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Gather Moms and make sure to hit subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. All right, mamas, let's jump in. Hey moms, welcome to Mama, season two of the Gather Moms podcast, where we are taking moms from the Bible and imagining what they would be like in our modern times and what we can learn from them. We're going to make them our best friends. I really can't wait. It's going to be a lot of fun to to kind of put them into our modern context. But I'm not going to lie, like doing this, because I'm up first to take a deep dive on this Man, mama. I love it when Kate goes first. <laughs> yeah. And it was harder than I thought it was going to be, you know, to kind of translate them. But today we are talking about a mom named Hannah. That's that such a good name. First mom. Isn't it a good name? I wonder what year it was popular for baby girl names. Okay, well, I'm that's sure a great was. question. So because I think some of the moms we're going to look at have like, old time names. Yes. And we're going to have to modernize their name, but we don't have to do that with Hannah. That is what's so fascinating about scripture. Some of them jokers names are like, what did you just like put some letters together? For sure. Well, Hannah, if you go read her story in the beginning of first Samuel, you get a whole litany of just nonsense. Like I had to go in and like, listen to the Hebrew pronunciation of these words to be like, am I saying this right? (laughs) It's like, blah, 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 Hannah, (laughs) blah, 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 Ruth. Blah, 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 Eve. I mean, really? <laughs> you are so right. No, because we've talked about Jehoshaphat, you know? <laughs> like, there's some names out there, you know? So, but Hannah's got a good, easy name. That's right, it girl. It feels modern. Yes. It already feels like we could have a friend named Hannah. Totally, yes. Right? Do you have a friend named Hannah? Well, you know, I was thinking about that. I have friends from growing up named Hannah. Okay. I'm kind of afraid that someone listening is like, girl. <laughs> You're friendly. You don't know my name. <laughs> I, mean, I, I had students in student ministry named yeah. Hannah. But I. See, aren't off. you worried? Aren't no, you worried? really worried that you're like not thinking of somebody. I know. I think Caroline, the girl that made our beautiful macrame for the mother study. Yeah. She has a sister named Hannah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's Hannah's abounding so if, um you're one of our close friends <laughs> we're really sorry uh, but I did have a good friend growing up that was named Hannah and uh so I've always liked the name yes she was a sweet girl and so it didn't put a bad taste in my mouth <laughs> you could have named your child after her well that's what's hard you know I think with you being in student ministry you know and I was a teacher names oh it's a big deal right yes and it can either you can either endear it can be so endearing toward a name for you or it can be like oh no I'm never naming my child that you know <laughs> um it's a struggle for but teachers Hannah, man we love that name Hannah we love Hannah, Hannah is a it's winner. a great name it's a good modern name it's a great place to start okay so we have this list if you listen to the last episode what we're gonna do is we have this kind of list of like how we're gonna take this mom and put it in modern day context and so the very first thing on that list is what tv mom she is most like And y'all already know, we struggle with some TV moms. Okay, so I felt so good about the TV mom I picked. And then I was like, well, 
dead gum. This isn't super modern. It's modern compared to Bible times. Oh, I'm intrigued. But it's not like modern 2000s. Girl, tell us. Okay. Who did you pick? So it's semi-modern. Okay. But I picked that Hannah is most like Cora Crowley from Downton Abbey. <gasps> I love Downton Abbey. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Don't I'm such a it? fan. I'm a fan already just because I love the show. Hannah and her tunic could totally fit into that house. Yes. They totally could. And okay. they baked bread like back then. Like they didn't have like. What is your deal with the bread? That's what they did. They baked bread every day of their life. Who? These women in the Bible. Do you all know that did. for sure? That's all they did was kill chickens and <laughs> bake bread. That's what they did. We need to send you to Bible they college. They don't have Sarah Lee like we do today. Well, that's for sure. That's for sure. That's a hard life. Yeah. <laughs> I think they were eating that unleavened bread, right? That was when they like left Egypt because <laughs> oh they didn't put the yeast oh, in. So No, Hannah was putting the yeast in. I feel good about Hannah putting yeast in her bread. Oh, I struggle with the word yeast. Okay. <laughs> so we've got... Moist no, and yeast. Stop it. <laughs> So let me tell you why I think she's like Cora Crowley. Okay. okay. So we, one of the things we kind of know about Hannah is that she was probably wealthy. Uh, when we tell about her story in just a few minutes, we're going to learn that her husband was well off. And so she comes from a wealthy family. Okay. Um, she has high expectations for her children. Yes. But she is also tender and loving. Yes. We see Cora Crowley. She has a good mix of those things, you know, where like she expects a lot from her girls and expects them to like do what they're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. But she also has moments of real authenticity of like tenderness and loving. When she comes into their dressing room as they're getting ready for dinner and she like has those moments with them. It's yes. Like a mom talk. Yes. Yes. I totally remember that. Hey, what would you, do you think you would like it if somebody dressed you and undressed you? No, I think that is so weird. I need some privacy when I'm putting my clothes on. Okay. I mean, if you want to fix my hair, go for it. But I'm going to put my own shirt on. It does feel like a a boundary cross, right? It just, to me, I'm like, where did you even come up with that? Is that, you know, because stuff progresses through history. But in the Bible days, they weren't dressing each other. Maybe the royalty, do you think they dressed royalty? I mean, I think they did, and there's all this like rigmarole to what they wore. You know, they yes, had lots all of the pieces, and right? The corset true. and the what's the floofy thing underneath? Petticoat. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Good, good job. <laughs> I wear a petticoat. Did you wear a petticoat in your wedding? Yes, actually, of course. Yes, yeah. You got to make that thing fluff. My sister had a petticoat. I don't think I had a petticoat. Mine wasn't a big one. Yeah, but yeah, it kind of helped bring things out. I would love to wear a petticoat one day. I think it would be weird. Now, I would love for somebody to do my hair and makeup. Yes. But, okay, and that's the thing about Downton Abbey. Let's just sit down real quick. Uh-huh. Them girls have makeup on their face. Yeah. And they did not have makeup back then. Do you not think so? I think there was some makeup. No. I mean, when I watch that, I'm like, girl, I do not think you had rouge and <laughs> lipstick and <laughs> mascara. Maybe not mascara. You know, this is kind of making me think, we might should research things a little bit more before we start just going off on a rabbit trail about some nonsense. Okay, so the other thing is um, we see Cora Crawley. She keeps it together most of the time. She's yes. very composed and everything. But there are times, you know, I don't know if you remember that she lost her baby. Yes, I do remember. And she grieved that. Yes. You know, she really mourned. It was a dark time for her. And so she she had both of those she knew emotions. Pain, yes, yeah. for sure. Um, she sews. Which we're going to find to be true of Hannah. Poor Crowley sews? Yes. There are lots of times where like they come upon her in the sitting room and she's like 
doing little needle. Oh, needlework. Yeah. I thought you meant sew clothes. And I was like, I'm confused. No, but yes, isn't that a type of sewing? Yeah, yes, sure. Yes. Um, and then she has someone in her life that gives her the business, which is her mother-in-law. Oh, that's right. Yes. <gasps> yes. Violet. Is that her I think is her name. Yes. yes. And, you know, the mother-in-law. So I was reading about Cora Crawley. The mother-in-law quotes, I mean, Violet, she's one of my favorite characters. Of the course. The things she says. She don't mince words. She tell it like it is. Yes. Yes. You know, and she just is such a punk. And the way she Are talks. Are you comparing Grandma Crowley to Pamina? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So we'll get to Pamina in a okay, second. Yeah. yeah. But I think, so Cora knows what it's like to, you know, live in a wealthy home to have these high expectations for yourself and your children, and yet to no great loss, yes. to be rubbing elbows with someone on the regular who's like, gives you the business, you know? So I see Hannah as Cora Crawley. <laughs> I love this. So it kind of it kind of creates a problem, though, when we get into, like, minivan or suburban. Mm, she'd be driving a carriage. Let's <laughs> just be honest. Exactly. Okay, where's the horse? Now, if Cora Crawley were in 2020, I feel like if she drove herself... She would drive an Escalade. Oh, no doubt. Lincoln. Right? the same thing? Or a Lincoln Navigator. Lincoln Navigator all the way. Or she would have a driver. Leather interior. Right. Oh, so true. To the nines? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, the type of mom she is, I would call her the do hard things mom. Cora Crowley or Hannah? Hannah. <laughs> We're switching back. <laughs> yes. I think Hannah does hard things. Yes. Yeah, she's the do She does hard. not shy away from... The hard and the difficult. I right. agree. She's not trying to make it easy on no. everybody. She's no. like, that's the mom who's like, you started this soccer season and you're going to finish it. Oh, I know those moms. <laughs> I am that mom. Yeah, girl. We don't quit nothing. No, you finish what you start. That's right. You know, even if it's hard, you do it. Yes. You know, because you said you were going to do it, you do it. Yes. Um, And remember, she's wealthy. So I said her most often worn article of clothing is designer sunglasses. <laughs> For going out in the wheat field to <laughs> fill her basket? <laughs> Oh my God, you're doing this wrong. We're bringing her into the modern day. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So if she's my neighbor, uh -huh. she drives a Lincoln Navigator. Yes. And she wears sunglasses yes. all the time. But I'm real sorry she's not your neighbor. She lives in a better neighborhood than you You know do. what, though? That makes sense because she is upset because she hasn't had a kid yet. So maybe her eyes are puffy because she's been crying. Okay, great. Okay, does that work? Sure, yes. Now, do you understand what we're doing? <laughs> this person is in the modern times. I'm so glad you went first. <laughs> okay, for shoes or no shoes in the house, I say that they get to wear shoes because they have people who clean their floors on the oh, regular. Oh, for sure. If right? You, if you're driving a Lincoln Navigator, yes. Right. So you're not worried about it. You're like, <laughs> the housekeeper is going to be here twice this week. Wear your shoes. It doesn't matter. Okay. We're not going to be neighbors. No. She can't live next No. Week. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> She's living in a different part of town than you. <laughs> okay. Um, her go-to dinner is high-end delivery like pre-prepped meals yes so i found one it's called home bistro Ooh. and i feel like this is what's happening in hannah's house yeah you know or she's got a cook right maybe she got a cook she could have a cook but when the cook's out okay they have their home bistro home meals bistro. delivered yes these are like high-end nice meals i bet they serve broccolini yeah and they had like the best meats and yes. you know like kobe beef and stuff like that like for sure they're not playing around okay. they're really nice good job hannah um and for the beach or the mountains she is definitely a beach girl definitely a beach girl right right because she's sitting there in her beach chair with her nice big sunglasses designer sunglasses yes we're talking like 
I don't know, better than Michael Kors, like, you know, really high end. I don't even know these No, see, we don't even know because we don't wear them. Kohl's had clearance sunglasses the other day, and I was like, I don't even know who L is, but they're $12.99, so I'll get some. Um, Okay, her mom baggage, as in, like, what does she bring into motherhood that influences her or you know, that she may be trying to overcome. Well, we're going to find out that there's another woman in Hannah's scenario, um, that she struggles with infertility and she has some baggage on the expectations Mm -hmm. that she's a woman and she's supposed to have kids Yes, and she doesn't have any. Yes. Um, and the most important thing to this mom, I feel like it would be that her kids follow through with their commitments. Oh yeah. No, that's good. We're going to see that in her story for sure. So we have Hannah, and we're calling her the mama who wasn't expecting. I love it. And we meet her in 1 Samuel, in the very first chapter of 1 Samuel. And at this time in Bible history, this is like after Moses, and they've you know, escaped from Egypt and all the bad things. They wandered around the desert for a while, but then it's before the kings come. Because actually Samuel is going to anoint the very her son, <gasps> I skipped ahead a little bit there. Oh, I've never even connected that. Yes. Her son is going to anoint the very first king oh, that's over so Israel. Cool. But at, before then, they're just kind of in this time, and really people are far from God. Yes. Um, it's a dark, kind of wicked time in the history of Israel where they people are just far from the Lord. And uh, so she is married to a man named Elkanah, which is, I don't even know what to do I with that name. just immediately have a visual of a large animal. It is, because, Elk. yeah. Yes. Can, I don't know if we can modernize his name. What's up, Elkie? Uh. <laughs> Elika. I don't know Elk. if we called Elkie. <laughs> Kana? Elk? E-Money. Anna. Anna. No. E-Money. <laughs> so E-money. we find out that they travel each year as a family to the tent in Shiloh, which if you're like, okay, Pause, pump the brakes. What's the tent in Shiloh? Well, uh, this was where, during this time, God's spirit dwelt in the, it's a tabernacle, but that's basically a tent. And um, it was, the place was called Shiloh. It's just a little bit north of Jerusalem. And so people would go there every year and offer sacrifices. And the way that we really know that Elkanah, her husband, was so wealthy is because he doubled down on the sacrifices. Yes. Like, he goes hog. Serious, well, literally, like, hog. Are they, I was about to say, are we literally talking about a pig here? What I don't think they about? can do pigs, but oh no, they can't. No, that's bad. Right, okay. bad. No pigs. No pigs. Ham. Nope. Can't. <laughs> no, can't <do> ham. <laughs> so we know that he is just very generous in his sacrificing, which usually says that that person is wealthy. Sure. So that's where we get the idea that this is a wealthy family. And then right in the beginning of 1 Samuel, when it's talking to us about Elkanah and Hannah, then it tells us that actually Elkanah has two wives. Mm. His mm. only wife is not Hannah. He has another wife named... If only we could have him on our show today and be like, oh. dude, what's up? Yeah, grill him. Yes. Yes. He has another wife named Panina. And, you know, that's not necessarily okay. You know, we know that there are things in the Bible where like... Dudes did have more than one wife, and that's not part of God's plan. But this happened sometimes when the first wife couldn't give him children, and so he married another woman. Yes. Can we just pause and just think of, like, how much that is the worst situation ever? Worst. The worst. Yeah. It would be so hard. And because it tells us that he loved her. Like, he loved Hannah. Yeah. I mean... When he picked her to be his wife, it was like, this isn't just an arranged marriage. Like, I love this woman. So exactly. the fact that 
he had to go outside of that because he, I mean, I understand they needed children. Sure. Yeah, no, it's just a weird situation. Yeah, so it tells us, you know, it kind of opens up this story and we have uh, Elkanah and Hannah and Panina and all of her children and they all go to Shiloh for the sacrifice. And while they're there, it tells us that Panina ridicules Hannah mercilessly because she doesn't have any children. She is just lording it over her. Lording it over her. And we talked about this on the Zoom Bible study and decided to name her Pamina. Pamini. 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 My bad. Pamini. Because she's such a meanie. Yes, for sure. You know, she's such a meanie. And we read that it just breaks Hannah's heart. Yes. You know, she has the hardest time with it. And she's so sad because they're in this situation where Pamini's got all her kids. Right. And it's kind of this festive celebratory type thing. And, you know, she's rubbing it in Hannah's face. And Hannah is so sad and she feels so bad. And her husband is like, why do you feel bad? You know, then we read that um, Hannah pours out her heart to God and she asks for a son. And Eli, the priest, is looking on. And as she's praying, she is so into this prayer that the priest thinks that she's drunk. I mean... Does he see a lot of drunk women in the temple? <laughs> Supposedly. Like, yeah, what what's up? From what I read about it, that was not uncommon, actually. Really? Yes. Yeah. And so she, he thought she was drunk. Remember, this was like a pretty godless time. Okay. You know, yes. and people were coming and it was a festival and so they'd That's be drinking. True. Okay. And so he thinks that she's drunk, okay. you know? So she's praying and pouring her hat out to God and all this pain that she's in. And this man thinks that she's drunk. And she has to tell him, no, I'm not drunk. I'm just begging God for a, a child. Yes. And Eli says... You know, basically, my bad. May it be as you have asked of God. Right. We find out that Hannah goes back um, with Elkanah and that he knew his wife. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. More like. Like quote marks? New. New. It should be in italics in the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> and that she conceives a son. And that a year later, a year after this incident where she is praying and pouring her heart out to God at Shiloh, she has a boy and she names him Samuel. Woo-woo. And she raises him, and then when he's three years old, Becca. I can't. Oh, it just breaks my heart. She takes him back to the temple at Shiloh. Like, to, I'm thinking about the priest going, do you really want a three-year-old? I mean, my three-year-old was a little crazy. Do you want a three-year-old running around the temple with all those gold bowls <laughs> and candlesticks? And aren't we worried he's going to break something? I mean, you are so right. He must have been really well-behaved. I don't know, because I think about my three-year-old son, and it would have been a disaster. No, are you putting him in the temple? Where did he sleep? Did they have like a, a trundle bed? Did he get to what? take his loveys and his stuffies and right. his, yeah, his sound machine and <laughs> <laughs> you people and the sound machines. That cracks me up. That's a whole other episode is the sound machine. We can talk about that one. You day. know, did he get to have all of this? Cause no. And how does a three-year-old let his mom go? Like, hey, stay here with the priest. Okay, mom. I know, but there's no, it, the Bible story doesn't tell us. There's no questions about it. You know? need a movie. Come on. She takes him and leaves him, and he serves in the presence of the Lord. And as she leaves him there, he praises God, and she praises God. Because it says he worships the Lord there. And then it says that she praises God. And then, miraculously, she goes on to have five more kids. Oh, I love that part. That's, yeah. I mean, but then, I don't know if you're like the other kids. You're like, Mom, where's the oldest? Well, he's in the temple. <laughs> well, it's like, you know, were these other kids not good enough to go and serve in the presence oh, of the Lord? Oh, there's some whole other family issues Yeah, they got some there. dynamics. That's yeah. right. Um, but 
you know, so so you've got little Samuel, he's living there, and it tells us the reason why the sewing came up is because it tells us that she goes every year to visit him and she brings him a new little robe. That's right, a yeah. new robe. Yeah. So what I wanted to talk about, you know, I, I kind of wanted to give us an overview of like, okay, this is who Hannah is. If she was living in our modern context, she'd live in a really wealthy area. She'd be driving an Escalade. You know, she'd have her um, bougie sunglasses, um, but she would be co-wifing with a woman who was just giving her <laughs> such a hard time. Co-wifing. Be so, you know, it's the sister wife scenario. Yes, yes. And she is living in, she's living the life that she did not sign up for. That's right. Right? She's living the unexpected. She had, she had expected that she was going to marry this man who it, it clearly seems like they really love each other. Yes. And that she was going to get to have children. Yes. And then that's not how her story goes. And now the double down on her pain that now there's this other woman in her life who is rubbing it in her face that she has this pain, you know, who, you know, from my perspective, I'm almost surprised by that because I'm thinking you should be so grateful yeah, that you, the Lord has blessed you with all these children. They believe that, you know, the blessing of children was like, oh, the Lord's hand is on you. And yet you still are making fun of this poor woman that just wants a baby. I mean. Well, right. And so that's what I want us to talk about. Because I think there's three instances in this story where you have Hannah in the middle of this pain. You know, like in our modern day context, she'd be going to get IVF treatments. Mm -hmm. We know what that's like for mamas and how much pain that is. The emotional turmoil that comes with that. You know, she's driving back to her nice big house and she pulls up to go in and she sees all these other kids out in the yard playing with her husband you know and she doesn't have any kids to offer him and it's just this pain you know and she might go back into her little house and sew and cry yes no there's just this grieving there's this pain and living the unexpected unwanted life yes you know this is not what I asked for and here I am and so when in this time when they when they all go back to Shiloh together, I think what stands out to me is that she has three very clear interactions with people where in the middle of so much pain for her, they treat her poorly. Yes. Yes. <laughs> you know, we've got people behaving badly. Yes. And you just mentioned, you know, the first one that we have is Pamini. Yes. Who just gives her such a hard time. And you know, you you think about why you should have you should be thankful that you have all these kids. Yes. But why do you think she was so and hard you on him? I already feel like you have more power than her because yeah. you have the kids. Yeah. Right? So it's like why do you have to lord that over her when you yeah. already have it, you know? Yeah. But I think you hit on it in the Bible study. You talked about she probably feels some insecurity because Elkanah loves Hannah. Right. And so she knows that Elkanah is giving Hannah double portions. Right. And he's, you know, he's compassionate towards her. And yeah. so maybe she just feels like, man, I have to prove myself. So I'm going to put this girl down to make myself feel better. Yeah, I think she's bitter. I think, you know, it's that phrase, hurt people, hurt people. You yes. know, she's hurt. She sees that, yes, she has this guy's kids, but she doesn't have his love. Yeah. You know, and that's what she really wants from him. And because she doesn't have that, she wants Hannah to feel as badly as she does. Right. You know, even though it looks like she has everything, she doesn't because she doesn't have his affection. You know, I tell my kids that all the time when they talk about kids at school in their class that struggle with behavior problems or like causing a ruckus or something. And they'll be like, Mom, I just don't like to be around them. And I always remind them we do not know what goes on in their home. Right. And so potentially they are hurt, hurting because of something. And so they don't know how else to react, but to react that way. Right. So it it reminds me of that. Panina, you know, we think from the outside, man, she has it all together. But on the inside, she's feeling insecure. And um, is this really, like, does he really love me too? And so she's hurt. And she's hurting Hannah in the process. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. 
And so that's our one. That's our first one, you know, because sometimes we get hurt by people that are hurting themselves. Yes. And it's just overt meanness, bitterness, unkind words, you know, I think that's the one, that's the first category that we have here. For sure. The second category is it, in First Samuel, you know, Hannah, they're, they're at this thing at Shiloh at the tabernacle and Hannah, it says that um, her heart is sad, which literally translates to the words depressed. Mm-hmm. You know, she is feeling depressed. She's so upset. It says, you know, there's this feast and she won't eat and that her husband looks at her and he says, Hannah, why do you weep and why do you not eat and why is your heart sad? Am I not more to you than 10 sons? And we all laugh inside. <laughs> <laughs> and I think this triggers the second type of hurtful people. And this is just like the doesn't get it obtuse people. Right. Right. right? Like, I don't think he was purposefully trying no. to hurt her. It wasn't malicious. He was just, man, he had no clue what was really happening here. Right. It was just unfeeling. Yes. You know, and I think, you know, when I told Jer- when I was talking to Jeremy about this and studying Hannah, I read this to him and he goes, man, that sounds just like a dude, you know? <laughs> Because, you know, guys, it's hard for them to see. Yes. Um, and hard for them, it's sometimes hard for them to understand why something is causing us so much pain. Well, and I do think as women, we do feel pain and emotion much stronger yeah. in certain situations. And yeah. I do think sometimes for a man, it's just like they just can't even grasp the amount of pain that we're feeling or how it's affecting us. So they no. really don't have a clue. Especially when it's related to our children. Yes. You know? Yes. The, or our bodies and hormones. Yes. You know, the, the reaction <laughs> that I'll have to something that happened to one of our kids. I mean, Jeremy just has a completely different yes reaction toward it you know yes um and so but it's still what you're trying to make the point of is it's still hurtful to hannah it's still hurtful even if elkanah is doing it and we're like okay you're a dude you just don't get it it's still hurtful to her and she's still having to deal with the pain of he doesn't understand he doesn't understand and that's still painful you know and he could still do better he could try better to understand yeah so you've got the the one that's it's a person that's hurt and they're like overtly trying to hurt you yes second you've got the person who hurts you and it's just not on purpose but they just don't get it that's right and then the third situation we have and this one is you know gosh it's particularly annoying to me because then you have Hannah who's been so upset and so she decides to take this opportunity while she's in the presence of God to go and talk to him and so it tells us that she like pours out her heart to God Mm -hmm. so much to the point that I mean Eli looks on and he thinks she's drunk right you know which is such a good challenge for me of like man am I getting that wrecked and real before the Lord you know something just oh no (laughs) The, the Holy Spirit filtered we're good Oh, good. Okay, good. All right. Thank that, you. Our listeners should be proud. We're yes. making progress. Okay, good. We don't yes. have to go back and edit. So, um, so, so she's praying to God, and I really actually want to read these words because um, I, I want to show you what he says to her and kind of why it's so hurtful. Okay. Um, because he's in the middle of this, and and it says, therefore Eli took her to be a drunken woman. And Eli said to her, how long will you go on being drunk? Put your wine away from you. And I just, it's so accusatory. Oh, yes. I can feel the sting. There's right? There's a sting, yes. And when it's, it's this falsely accused, mm-hmm. right? That's the other hurtful thing, is when someone doesn't correctly see what you're going through, and they want to blame it on something that you've done. Yes, 
or a bad choice that you've made yes. or that you're handling it wrong. Yes. You know? Yes. And I see him do that right there. And it's so hard because I feel like what she's doing is so admirable. And then you have this ding dong yes. come in and, yes. you know. Well, and just the sting of it, you know, because Hannah knows the truth. Yeah. You know, but it's like this man's in power and he's someone that people respect. Right. Someone that she respects. She's a woman. He's a man. Yeah. And so, you know, then you're caught in this thing where you want to be respectful of this person that's supposed to have wisdom and authority. Uh-huh. But deep in your heart, you're like, no, that is not even true. Right. Yeah. Okay. So I want us to talk about, because um, I, I do want to talk about how we handle those situations. Yes. When these people, you know, whether it's one, two, or three, um, how we handle them. But, but first I, I want to talk about, you know, do you feel like, have there been situations where you have either been the perpetrator of hurt feelings or have been on the receiving end of hurt feelings when someone is in a living in the unexpected and the unrequested? I think when you have mom friends, girlfriends, I mean, even teenage girls growing up into women, you get so close to people sometimes that you feel so comfortable that you sometimes say things that are hurtful. Yeah. And it's, um, I don't know if it's not purposeful because I think, you know, we all have our thoughts and motives deep yeah. inside of us that come out. But I think if you were to ask me, I would say, oh, I love that person. No, I would never want to hurt them. But sometimes we just say things yeah. that are hurtful. I think our families do that. Yeah. We're so close. We're so safe with our families. You know, they know the good, bad, the ugly. And so I think sometimes I have gone and said something that I really did not mean to be hurtful, you know, but I just, I said too much. And I think what happens in that instance is that you either have the choice to immediately apologize Uh and just move into the restoration or to then step back and be like, it wasn't that bad. Yeah. I mean, really, it was, I I barely said that. Like, why are you so mad about it? Do you feel like, do you feel like you catch yourself doing it or do people have to come and say, yo, man, you stepped on my toes? Well, I think the Holy Spirit, when you are a Christian, a believer, yeah. and the Holy Spirit lives inside of you, yeah. there is an immediate prick for me. Yeah. I feel that prompt of the Holy Spirit, like I went too far, I said too much. Yeah. But then that's where it really becomes a, a game of the will. You know, yeah. Am I going to allow the Holy Spirit to move right. me into yeah. the apology and forgiveness or am I going to like slowly back out and be like, oh, I have no idea what just happened. Yeah, just downplay it. Yes, you yeah. just downplay it. Well, I think I get uncomfortable in painful situations. And so sometimes I'll try and make a joke out of something yes. where it's like completely inappropriate for me to make the joke, you know? Yes. And I've had to go back and apologize. Yes. Um, I have definitely been on the receiving end when I've been in painful situations, you know, and it's hard with this platform because I think that we want to be able to be authentic with our mamas and share, but we also, you know, I don't want to run anybody down unnecessarily. So, you know, you and I are always trying to, we want to walk the line of, we want to honor the people in our lives, but we also have to be able to, you know, give real examples. Yes. Um, I think I can honor my husband when I tell you that uh, he has the elk in a moments when I'm like, Oh, I'm feeling so stressed out. And he's like, I know what can cure you, baby. <laughs> Does he want to know you, Kate? And I'm like, dude, that is the farthest thing on my mind. He's like, I think it'll help, you know. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I think all the men in the world right now, if they were listening to our podcast, yes. relate. Yes, it is yes. that obtuse moment where you're like, you seriously do not get That's it. It's not even on the table, bro. Come on. No, it's the furthest thing yeah. from the table. That's in the freezer. Yes. Go look in the freezer. <laughs> in a restaurant. It's somewhere, not, not even in my house, you know? But it's just like, oh, man. I'm like, I feel so wound up. And he's like, I know what can wind you down, you know? <laughs> <laughs> 
And he has these moments. I mean, he's Jeremy is a beautiful communicator, and he has high emotional intelligence. But I'm telling you, there are just moments with with that where I'm just like, ugh, <laughs> leave me alone. Um, but, but on a very real note, um, you know, I grew up and my dad, oh, bless his heart. He has come such a long way. He self-admitted has a very low emotional intelligence. Um, he actually took a class on it. He's read books on it. He's really tried to grow. Um, he was not set up for success in emotional intelligence in the way he was raised. Mm -hmm. Um, people spoke very harshly. It was all very matter of factly. There was no room for feelings or emotions. Right. I think a lot of people grew up that way. Yes. Yeah, for sure. And so, you know, as he had two girls and raising them was a challenge, um, in so many ways. And, uh, part of the reason why, you know, he divorced my mom, why their marriage couldn't work is because he struggled to connect emotionally. Yeah. And, um, I really just have to praise my dad that he has come so far. Um, he says, I'm proud of you now. He says, I love you. He, he does so much good. That's awesome. Um, but there was a time, uh, when I was a senior in high school, I was struggling with an eating disorder and my mom had been asking me, you know, about it. She could tell, but I lied to her for a long time. And then I finally, you know, she kind of caught me doing some things. And, you know, of course my, it's, it's physically obvious, you know, and she, she sat me down and I said, okay, I'm going to tell you all of it. And I told her the truth and I just told her all these terrible things I'd been doing to myself and everything. And I just cried and cried. And honestly, it was so helpful just to be able to be honest with her about what oh, was going on. Just to let it out. Bring, yeah. bring the, the thing from the dark into the light. Exactly. And so I lived with my mom growing up. My parents divorced when I was um, five years old. And so um, she said, we need to call your dad over. And because you need to tell him too. He needs to be a part of this. And so... Gosh, this is bringing tears to my eyes. This is a this is a tough moment for me. Thank you for sharing um, it, though, because I do think that there are mamas out there that are going to connect with. Well, us. I think it matters. Yes. You know, that's why I think I I preempted all this about our what we're doing here because I think when we can, it matters it to does. to go the whole hundred <clears> percent. <throat> so she calls my dad over and he sits down on the couch and my mom says to him, "Hey, Kate has something that she needs to tell you about." And so I just open up to him and I'm like, you know, I've been taking these things. I've been doing this to my body and, um, I just bare my soul. I'm crying and I get to the end and my face has been down, you know, as I'm sharing all of this and I look up and I look at him and he said, oh, I'm so relieved when your mom called me, I thought you'd been in a car accident. What? Yeah. Yeah, it was just this moment of just this absolute. Did you even hear anything I just said? No, and the, and then it just doubled down on my pain. Yes, right, because you're like, oh my gosh, I just I completely exposed myself to you. Vulnerable moment, and you just you would have rather that I'd been in a car or you were more worried that I was in a car Like you right. have no concept of how much pain I am in. Right, and. Though you can't see it physically, like there's a car accident in my mind and in exactly. my heart exactly. that I'm living with every day. Yes. You know? Yes. He was worried about the financial repercussions of the car accident. He was worried about, you know, yes. those kind of things. Was I going to have to go to the hospital and stuff like that? He just, he could not get it. And I remember, you know, even telling you about that, it makes me feel hot and uncomfortable inside. Yes. And, um... 
I've come so far with him and I love my dad so much. And I think if we could do it over, you know, with the growth that he's had, I think he would handle it differently. Yes. Um, but it was tough. Yes. You know, it was tough. Well, and I think, um, I think sometimes others want an easy fix, you know, a car accident. Okay. Let's fix the car. Something he understands. Yeah. And like what you were experiencing was something so much greater than that. Cause it, it, was already a lifetime of pain and it created more pain in the future because it took more years for you to work through all that. Years, a car accident would have been much easier. Exactly. (laughs) And so when you become so vulnerable to share something that you know is not an easy fix, you know is something that's deep down that's really, it's going to be a lifetime of choice change to make things. And the person that you're telling doesn't receive it in that way and they just want an easy fix. Right. It makes you feel like, um, I think sometimes it makes you feel like there's something wrong with you. Oh, for sure. And, you know, just like Hannah, I was living in this unrequested life. I didn't ask for this to be bound up by this eating disorder, you know. Um, And... And so it's so painful when somebody doesn't understand and they say painful things to you or they try and point to something that it doesn't have to do with. So here's my question, because I think Hannah, if you go back and you read First Samuel 1 and you read about the way that she handles these people and these interactions, I think it tells us a lot about how do we treat people how do we respond when they are insensitive or hurtful toward us? Yes. Because when we read this situation, when we read this, she actually responds differently in each situation. We first see that when this Pamini is given her the business, she actually there's no record of her saying anything back to her or retaliating in any way. God, my mind, that's so smart. Because I'm like, nothing you say to this woman's going to make a difference. No. She is not changing her tune. Exactly. You, you don't have a good argument for her. Right. Don't waste your breath. Don't waste your breath. Don't get down in it with her. And that speaks a lot. Oh, so much. Yes. You know, even with what we're dealing with on social media yes. and the pain that the world is in. Yes. When people are hurting and if they are not asking for reconciliation, you know, it's just... Don't even get down in there. There's, That's right. It's yes. not, it, you know, let the Holy Spirit do his work. When it's time, you can yes. get it. Yes. And with Elkanah, you know, I mean, it isn't in the Bible. I feel like there might have been a moment when she rolled her eyes, but it's not there. And, <laughs> Come on, Hannah. What was your face looking like in this moment? Right. You know, I, I would imagine there's a side eye, there's yes. an eye roll, but yes. it doesn't say that. But there's no lashing back at them. And I think about the scriptures Um, this is in Romans 12 and it says, bless those who persecute you, bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice, weep with those who weep, live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. This is my favorite. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. That's such a good verse. I mean, really. I think God is just like, look, peace, you know, there's only just like talking to Pamini, you can't convince her, right? You know, that's a Holy Spirit work. That's not your work. And Elkanah, you know, he wasn't out to to be vindictive or mean, you know, he just did not understand. Right. And so bless her heart. She really had to take the high road. Yes. And that that's why the scripture turns conflict on its head, because in conflict, we so often want to look at the other person and what we want to fix about them or tell them that they did wrong. And this scripture says, so far as it is possible with you, right, live at peace with all men. Yes. The onus is on you. To make sure that you are the one yes. trying to live at peace with and all that. And she did that. She yeah. was choosing the peaceful way with Agreed. those two people. Yes. So, but she handles it different when differently when Eli yes. confronts her. 
So he calls her out as a drunken woman and she responds to him and she uses the language where she says, no, my Lord, I am your humble servant. I am not a drunken woman. Um, I was pouring my heart out to the Lord. And so she actually humbly corrects him yes, and makes sure he knows the truth. Yes. And so, you know, there's wisdom there and like there are times when the choice is to keep our mouth shut and there are times when we speak the truth in love, right? Yes. Well, and I would even say that for you and your dad's situation. There had to come a point where you were able to sit down with your dad and say, let me tell you why this hurts. Yes. If you had never done that and yeah. had just stuffed that in all these years, it actually would have hurt the relationship more than it would have helped it. Exactly. But it took time and it took time when it was, you know, there there had to come a time when, and, and I had to approach him humbly and peacefully, yes. not accusatory. Right. But um, so, you know, that's why I like Galatians 6, 1. It says, brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. That's perfect. Yes, restore. The goal is restoration. Yes. It's not to prove that you're right. Right. It's not to make the other person feel as bad as you feel. Yeah. It's not to be able to go to your next door neighbor and be like, oh my gosh, let me tell you what I said. You yes. Because so many times we walk away from a conversation and think, man, I wish I'd said that or I yeah. should have said this. But that word restore to me says, I want you to be as healthy exactly. as I am healthy. Yes. And so I want to restore you back to that place of health so that we can both have a relationship that's honoring to God. Yes. And it says, you who are spiritual. So the first question for me is, am I in a spiritual place? Am I being spirit led yes. here? Yes. Right? Yes. Because that's the first question for me. For sure. And then I can restore yes. with a spirit of gentleness. Yes. Right? Because that only comes from the Lord. And I think we're going to have some of our listeners go, but I still have things in my life that are not restored, that are yeah. not unified, that are still yeah. in that place. And at those times, you've done all that you can do. That's right. You've done what you can do you to live at done peace with all men. That's yeah. right. Yeah. And you have and so to live your life. So at some point you, you let go and you yeah. walk away and you let the Lord take control. And yeah. if he wants to do a work there and bring it back around, you know, that's up to him. But you have done the things that, that he told you to do. Yeah. You know, I, this was a little bit heavier of an episode. Yes. You know, there weren't as many laughs, but I think Hannah's story there is redemption, but it's it's tough. It's a tough story. This is story. Just so much part of our life, though. I mean, just like you said, looking around at social media in our world today, hurt people are hurting people. Yeah. And so we have got to have a call to action for us as spiritual mamas that love Jesus that yeah. we are going to be different. Yeah. Because the reason we're different is because it impacts our family and our children, and then they grow up to be different. Right. And their families are different. Yeah. We have got to start that legacy now and not allow, you know, I, we can look at our world today and feel really hopeless. Yes. But I can look at my family and feel really hopeful. Yes. That that's I'm doing right. What God's asked me to do as a mama. And I'm raising my kids to be people that are going to be just like Hannah. That's right. That are restorers. That's right. Yeah. So, you know, thinking about our walking away, one thing, you know, if you were to think about from this conversation that we've had, what would be your one thing that you want to take with you into the week? I think um, that, that Hannah was given the opportunity to react different to Pamina, to Elkanah, to Eli. It would have been, all of us would have understood her lashing out at those people. We would probably not have judged her at all. Like, yeah. y'all have no idea what she's going through. Yeah. So for her to be able to set that example in a situation that is so difficult and still happening today. We yes. have so many of our mama friends that are struggling with infertility and yes. want so badly to have babies. I mean, what a beautiful inspiration for us to go even in the midst of such deep pain. She poured her heart out to God. She gave him the option to fulfill or to not. It was his will. What yeah. do you want with my life, Lord? And then now today we are still talking about her. Yeah. We are still learning from her life. Yeah. 
That's great. I think for me, my one thing is when I look at when I look at her in this little example of these three, two out of the three times she just kept her mouth shut. Mm, that's good. And so for me, that means seventy percent of the time when people are wronging me. I don't know if I did the math right, but um, <laughs> when people wrong me, I just need to keep my mouth shut and yes. I need to take it up with the Lord. Yes. You know, and that when there are those times when I need to confront someone or you know speak truth and love that I do it with gentleness and that the goal is restoration. Yes. Their restoration. That's right. Right? Right. Oh, yes. that's so good. Okay, moms, thank you so much for joining us. We just love that you're here. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode and stay connected with me, Kate, at Kate Henderson and Rebecca at the Rebecca Bradford. And make sure that you join us on Thursdays on Zoom in October as we do deep dives into the Bible as we talk about these mamas. And you can get connected to that Zoom link on our Gather Moms Facebook page and on our Instagram Gather Moms Facebook page. Okay. Facebook profile. You're okay. This is all right. It's all right. Facebook page or Instagram account. Okay, sure. <laughs> okay, we love y'all. We'll see you next time. Bye, Mom. Bye.